Christ our King in resurrected hope. Part of the proclamation of the good news is that God has come in the person of Jesus Christ and all can participate in the blessed hope now. Wow, isn't that exciting? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that stupendous? And isn't that what we are called to live and to proclaim? That's our life, church. That's our heartbeat. That's why we're here. And I do want to thank you all for allowing me to be here this morning. It is an honor. It is a privilege. It's a pleasure to be able to stand in the sacred pulpit and to share and break open the word of God. I know that uh, Pastor Chris is not here, and I do thank him for allowing me to be here uh, in his stead. But uh, you just got one Jones for another. So really, you're not hopefully you're not missing much this morning. Um, I am so excited to be back here in, in, in Alabama. Alabama happens to be the, be the birthplace of my mother. Um, and so it is exciting and wonderful, wonderful uh, for us to be back here, back here again. I know that today for uh, our season of, uh, of life, if you will, as Christians, that we are beginning our Advent season and, uh, and I want to honor that, but I also want to remind us and preach today from a reminder that we are in between the times. We are in between the first coming of our Lord and Savior. And I thank God that we can sing the songs of when hope comes down, then hope rises back up. I thank God that we are walking in the time and the seasons of the resurrected Christ. But I am so excited. I am looking forward to the moment, the time when Jesus the Messiah burst open the eastern sky, brighter than the shining of the sun, and he'll be riding on a horse. And the name that's above all names will be upon him. And he'll call my name. You'll say, Galen, here am I, Lord. And in that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I'm going to be transformed. I don't know about you all, but I'm looking forward to the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you are as well. If you will, please turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy uh, Pastor Chris and I talked about this, and and uh, I know that today is the beginning of Advent, and I said, if you want me to preach an Advent message, I'll be happy to do that. And he said, no, man, just what's on your heart? And I said, well, Second Timothy is what's been on my heart. And he said, well, man, preach from there. I said, well, all right. <laughs> so I'm going to preach from there. Second Timothy, as you are turning there, Paul, is it okay if I come down here? I feel I'm, I'm just like to come down and and talk a little bit. I, I, I sometimes I'll rip off my jacket and run up and down the aisle, but I think I'm not going to do that today. Um, 
but I do like to be among God's people. One of the things that we are reminded of as we read through 1st and 2nd Timothy, but particularly 2nd Timothy, Paul, I believe, is near the end of his life. In fact, he tells Timothy that in chapter 4. That's what we're going to be reading from and preaching from this morning. But Paul is in the latter stage of his life. And, and, and he is sharing, if you will, with Timothy, his son in the ministry, some very tender words as he is about to depart from this place. As I, as I read through this book, and I've read through this book several times now, it, it reminded me of my grandfather. My grandfather was a, a, a mathematician and physicist, and he taught, at least my, my father's father, my, my mother's father, uh, was here from Alabama as well, but uh, lived, in, lived in Kentucky. He was a great, wonderful man as well. But my father's father is the one who lived in Cincinnati, where I'm from, and so his influence was very near and dear to me. And so when I think about it and hear the Paul speaking to Timothy, his dear son in the ministry, it reminded me so much of my grandfather speaking to me. And if you will, if, if you can hear the heart of Paul, at least as I have heard it, I hear a man who is tenderly speaking to his son in the ministry, and he's sharing with him some of the gems of life that have allowed him to make it to where he is. Paul, by God's grace and God's mercy, in this time of his life, is in a Roman jail. And he is chained to an unchained gospel. And all that he is saying to Timothy is forged through the many, many, many victories that he has had in his Lord, in his Messiah, and in his Savior. And and it's so exciting to me because as he is speaking to Timothy... He is trying to impart to Timothy a level of confidence that can only come through a person whom God has carried through, whom Jesus Christ has carried from suffering to suffering and from victory to victory and from faith to faith. And I believe, brothers and sisters, that's the very same thing God wants to do in all of our lives. You see, Peter tells us that the faith of the apostles and all of those who came through Christ as his disciples, that their faith is no different than ours today. And so as we get ready to read this text, I want you to kind of, if you will, place yourself in the word here today, because I believe that this word applies to us. Paul has been, as I said a moment ago, speaking to Timothy, and 
he tells him to fan the flame. Fan the flame of the ministry that's within you. Young people, fan the flame. God wants to do some extraordinary things through you, so fan the flame. Learn the scripture. One of the things also that Paul says to Timothy in chapter chapter 2 is that uh, we are supposed to be able to speak for Christ in a gentle and winsome yet strong kind of a way. Now, I don't know about you all, but today in our world, in our very society, we need some words that are strong yet gentle. We're in a society right now where it seems to me that everything is just kind of growing and going amok. But in the midst of all of that, God gives us this charge and this challenge. Now, I know, y'all, um, what time do I need to be done? Because I feel my strength coming on. And 8.25, well, somehow, 9.25, y'all going to give me 15 minutes. Jesus, help me now. All right, if, if you will. So, so, so let's get in here and, and, and look at... Uh, Chapter 4, beginning at verse, at verse 1. Paul says these words by the Holy Spirit to Timothy. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience. And teaching, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all of those who have loved his appearing. I want to just talk to you this morning from the idea of longing for and loving and looking for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I am, as I told you all a moment, it's okay if I take off my jacket. I, 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 I had a headache actually this morning. 
just all this change in the weather got my sinuses all acting up, but, but I feel my strength coming on and, and I'm feeling pretty good now. But I don't know about you all, but, but as the word says, I am looking for, I am desiring. I mean, I, I, I just turned 59. And I don't consider that really old at all. But I'm at that stage in life where I am considering the kinds of things that are going on and what eternal value do they have. The only thing that really right now that's moving me, that's kind of keeping me, that's driving me more and more is that I am looking for the coming of Jesus like never before. And and, and all while I am waiting and appearing, look for the appearing of Christ. And I hope that while you all are waiting for the second advent, while you are looking for him to come, that you will do exactly what Paul told Timothy. That is preach the word. Preach the word in season and out of season. You see, I believe that this word on one level at least applies to all of us in this room. I know that Paul was saying to Timothy, who he established as a preacher, as as a pastor at Ephesus. And he's one of those disciples who's charged with carrying the word. But how many of you realize that each and every one of us who is born again is called to preach the word from your life. Oh, I should have got a lay man on that one. Somebody ought to say amen. If you are called and you are someone who is born again, you are supposed to be someone who is saying to others, I've been transformed. I've been changed. The king of glory has come into my life and I am a new creature. That's all of us if if you're born again. See, if you're not born again and there's no transformation in you, then I don't expect you to say anything. I don't expect you to do anything and I don't expect your life to be any different and you shouldn't either. But my brothers and sisters, If the king, the one who was born in Bethlehem amongst the sacrificial lambs has sacrificed himself for you and you have received the sacrifice that he's paid for you and given for you, then you ought to be someone who is shouting from the rooftops. We just sang a song that the angels are singing. We we are the ones who salvation was made for. There's no angel that will be able to come and say that the Lord saved me. But you and I who are made in the image of God whom he has redeemed. Isn't that what we just sang about? That he has redeemed us. Because he's redeemed me. And he's given me the hope of glory now. I ought to be able to speak and to live for him. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you are a called and declared proclaimer of the good news. 
even in your Sunday school classes, and, and especially to those who are the youngest. We are to be, to be as diligent in sharing the word with them as we are with every other age group. Maybe not only your Sunday school teacher, but you are a deacon or you have some other ministry. We just heard the word where he says, preach the word and fulfill your ministry because we are looking for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm looking for and I'm anticipating that moment in time. When Jesus says to me, and I hope he says these words, my, my longing at his appearing is that Jesus will say to me, Galen, you've been a good and faithful slave. You've been faithful over a few things. Now enter into the joy and rest of your Lord. I don't know about you all, but I'm looking for the appearing of Jesus Christ like never before. Sometimes when I say that, my wife says, what what do you want to die like right now? I'm like, well, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) You know, but I'm not looking to die. Like I don't have this defeatist thing happening. But I tell you all, I I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of this world in a very real respect. I'm, I'm sick and tired of Christians having factions over politics. I'm sick and tired of us falling out over one denomination over the other. I'm sick and tired of all the divorce and murder and and mayhem and all that. I'm sick and tired of the church being silent when we are to be the ones whom God has empowered and infused with the gospel. We are the very ones who the very Holy Spirit is living inside of us. And we act like... We have no connection to Christ at all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tired on one hand, but if you all kind of can't tell, I'm kind of a live wire on the other, and this is really where I live at right here. Right? I mean, I, I, I know I just like, Lord, please come, like Maranatha, come, Lord. Because I know I'm looking for your appearance. But while I am here, and while you all are here, I'm trying to encourage you and charge you with the very same thing that Paul charged Timothy. While we are waiting, while we are looking for him to come, preach the word. Preach the word. Do the work of an evangelist. Fill full the ministry that Christ has given you. Live your lives to the place where his anointing in your life is overflowing. I I looked on your web page. How many of you all see I'm a college professor. I can't help asking questions. And then when I ask questions, I see young people. I say, well, you guys look like the people ought to be in my class. So I come over and pick on you. So, there are three things that this church stands for. What are they? No, exactly right. I I saw that and I got all excited. Thank you for answering that. See, God wants us, and God has called Meadowbrook Baptist Church to those three things. 
And if you're a member here, if this is where you belong, that's what you are supposed to be involved in. What's the knowing part? Well, knowing him. Well, I got a few seconds to close this out. Know him deep inside so that the rivers of living waters that are supposed to be coming from us flow naturally like a beautiful Alabama spring. And as we know, we grow in maturity. As we're growing, as the word of God said to us this morning, Paul says to Timothy, be self-controlled, be temperate in all things. And as we are growing and gaining maturity, each and every one of you is called to go. And that's not necessarily across the seas. If that's for you, praise God. But every day you wake up, every moment, every hour, you are called to go and share the good news of the Messiah with someone. I'll close with this little story. There's a gentleman in Tuscaloosa. He's the, uh, his, his uh, father, he's the pastor of, of the First Baptist Church there. His name is Gil. And his father, when he got saved, promised the Lord, if you'll let me live, every day I'm going to share Jesus with someone. He did that for years and years and years. And one day he just got kind of caught up in things. And he came home. He's about to lay down and taken a shower, got on his night clothes. And realized that he didn't share Jesus with someone that day. Rolled over and looked at his wife and said, honey, I'll be back. He got up and he went down to the 7-Eleven there in Tuscaloosa and he stood outside that door and he waited. It was late at night. He waited for someone to come in. When he did, he saw a young man in a cowboy hat and boots and kind of the regalia. And he said, brother, do you know Jesus? He wants to get to know you. And, and today, to make a long story short, that cowboy that he spoke to is a church planter in Tuscaloosa right now. I'm telling you all that if you are excited about his appearing and if you will commit to sharing Jesus Christ with someone so that you know you grow and you go, God will honor you in a way that when we all get there, there are going to be people who you don't even imagine who will be touched by your ministry. So preach the word. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the call in your life. Know him. Grow up in him. And then go grab some souls for him. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, for your loving kindness. And Father, as we are praying and thinking together about the advent of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God, we also anticipate the second coming. 
And Lord, while we are doing that, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we will become the people that you have called us to be. Lord, would you set us on fire in Jesus' name. Amen.